Hi, and welcome to Beyond Vows and Veils, the luxury wedding experience. I'm your host, Brittany Ellis. Our goal is to bring together engaged couples and vendor pros into one harmonious symphony where we can craft dreams and weave traditions together in luxury. So whether you're preparing to walk down the aisle or you're a passionate pro seeking inspiration, Beyond Vows and Veils is really gonna be something for everyone in our industry. So subscribe now and thank you for listening to Beyond Vows and Veils, the luxury wedding experience. Now let's get inspired. So first episode of Beyond Vows and Veils, full disclosure, Whitney and Abby had no clue that they were even joining me. No for idea. This <laughs> so they found out when I texted them yesterday and I was like, hey, can you join me? Um, on this really cool new adventure. And um, Abby was actually out on vacation for the past week. So she came home and was like, all right, great. I was like, just dress cute, you know? Podcast now. (laughs) Okay, so I think that with, you know, opening a new podcast, I have to share obviously like where this idea came from and then we'll kind of like dive into all the goods. But For me, I started this podcast because I think storytelling is really powerful and it's connective. And I know when we're on site working weddings, um, we are usually cramming a granola bar down our throats and we're having like working 17 hour days and we're all pretty much running on fumes because we want to give our best to our clients and our couples. And so we don't really get a lot of time to like connect and talk Mm -hmm. about our craft and talk about what went really well and what could have been done better. And, and so I think that this podcast, I hope creates a little bit more of a platform for us to share stories and, even with each other, I know that every time that we do a wedding, it's usually like we'll do a recap of like, again, where were we successful and where we learn? I mean, at the end of the day, we have to humble ourselves on a continuous basis because we plan cultural events. And so we don't know everything and we are constantly learning. I mean, always something's going to come up that we're going to learn from. And and I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. And then outside of that, I think when the pandemic happened for me, the biggest reason that I started this podcast was I've been sitting on these like scripts that I wrote out with a copywriter in 2020. And the intention was really to, to do a book. Like I wanted to have this like, you know, step-by-step instructions for couples because when I would go to like, I don't know, the bookstore or I would look online for resources specifically to help my clients, like just like a wedding planning book. There was like really not a lot out there. There's a little out there, but nothing that's really in depth. And I know when I was starting in this industry, I like studied Mindy Weiss's The Wedding Book like crazy. I would highlight everything. And like, that's like, I feel like where I got my former education outside of like internships, I guess. But anyway, that was sort of really what the whole concept was, was to create an outlet specifically for cultural events that gave a little bit more steps and guidance because they're multi-day occasions. Um, They're not as short and sweet as our American weddings that are like eight hours and it's over. So I think it, it kind of becomes a little bit, I hope, of a hub that we can dive deeper into conversation and give couples guidance and support and, you know, help them to make informed decisions. So even if they're not working with a planner, 
um, for whatever reason, I just think that there's some really vital information to help them maximize, I always say, their wedding investment. Because at the end of the day, when you're collectively spending any amount of money on a weekend, it's an investment. And for me, I think the return on that investment is being able to be a guest at your own event. I mean, that's the ultimate win, just being able to kick it and relax with your friends and family that have traveled from all over to get there because ultimately that's really what we do. So really this first episode is a highlight into the basics of how do you kind of start your journey. So you're newly engaged and you're starting to plan your wedding and I'm going to pop quiz my crew (laughs) and ask them, what are some of the first things that you would tell a couple that they need to maybe have organized or a little bit more understanding on before they like start their planning journey? Yeah. So I think obviously first question is going to be, you know, when do you want to host your events, right? So just having at least a little bit of an idea surrounding, you know, the time of year or whatever, or if some of our clients have very specific dates that they want to get married. So I think that that's number one. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, guest count, how many guests you're anticipating to have at your events, just because, you know, a lot of the, um, weddings that we plan, they, um, have pretty high guest counts. And so a lot of the properties that we work at, you know, have specific counts that they can host. So you don't want to, mm-hmm. yeah, location plays a role in that as well, because, you know, maybe you want to be near the beach or like a body of water and kind of like what kind of views you're looking for. So, you know, that kind of ties in as well with like pricing a little bit down the road, figuring out like what the best spot is going to be for you. Yeah. And also what's going on in that area during that time. I know for us, we like to do research and like whenever we're having to like pull permitting, for example, if we're doing like a brat celebration and it's like downtown, we did one in St. Pete one time that was literally the same day as like the Cupid run. And so you had all these people that were like dressed up as Cupid (laughs) with like a bow and arrow and like underwear on running around downtown St. Pete. Well, we also have to be aware that like, okay, we're coming in 30 minutes after that event to like have a brat celebration that we definitely don't want Cupid running around. So always doing some research on if you have a certain destination in mind or a certain date range in mind, like keep in mind what city events are going on and Mm -hmm. and what have you. But to backtrack a little bit, I mean, Abby, you obviously mentioned guest count. Mm -hmm. Guest count's always, I feel like, a fun topic of conversation for any couple and client because South Asian weddings in particular, like their immediate family is, you know, larger, And so it's harder, I think, to navigate that conversation Mm -hmm. with friends and family. I mean, what do you guys think when we do kind of like the tear out system or, you know, I mean, what collectively efforts or advice do you have to give our couples when they're like formatting their guest list? I mean, I think it definitely depends on the family, but I always recommend a tear out system if you're kind of wanting to stick within a certain budget mm-hmm. range specifically, right. because obviously the mo- the more guests that you invite to your wedding, that's the more money you're going to end up spending, the more people right. you have to feed. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I think right. that 
the yeah. tier out system works the best because mm-hmm. you can kind of have better control over your guest count right. and how many people you're inviting. Yeah, because mm-hmm. then you're like scaling it. It's like, all right, so initial invites are going out. You're going to send it to however many people knowing how many guests you really want to attend your events. Right. Um, so once you kind of start getting those initial RSVPs back, mm-hmm. you can kind of take a look from there and see, okay, well, now we've got our tier two. Like, let's go ahead and maybe send out more invites. So it's mm-hmm. like, like Abby mentioned, you're literally able to more so control yeah. how many people are going to be at your functions. Right. And I think the further out you are from your wedding, the easier it is to do that tier out right. system because you have time on your hands right. where you're able to, mm-hmm. to you know, yeah. do that tier out. System. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just something I think that's really interesting that I always get asked this, like what the drop expectancy is. Mm-hmm. And so whoever you invite, keep in mind that probably only 15% of those guests are going to actually decline coming to your event. So it's really important that you don't like over invite and then kind of be in this awkward position later. Mm -hmm. Like we don't have that much room at the venue. So understanding what your thresholds are at, you know, particular properties and things like that, which we'll dive into a little bit later. Um, But I love a tier out system. If you've got time, like they mentioned, I mean, Setting up, so just to give some context, an average save the date usually or etiquette calls for about six months prior to the event. You're going to send out your save the date. And then usually between eight to 10 weeks before the wedding is when you're sending out your invitations. So if that's sort of the model you're going with, I know a lot of our clients are traveling internationally. They have a lot of family that they have to like take into consideration that they have to fly in. And so we really want to make sure that we're guiding them on if we are going to do a tiered guest list. Okay. Like let's collect early RSVPs almost like through the save the date, Mm -hmm. because that's going to allow us to know, okay, who we know can't come and then pulling from that exterior list. So that's kind of where you have to be mindful and respectful of how you're going about that process. But I think that that's a a great way to hopefully compromise and make sure your future in-laws are happy, your partner's happy, everyone feels like who they want to be a part of the celebration Mm -hmm. can, you know, ultimately be there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think outside of that, you know, we also always talk about this, but Abby touched on it. The guest list does ultimately dictate the budget and it also dictates in a big way the venue. So we talked a little bit about the first question you really need to be asking is how many people, who's all going, as we say here in the South, who's all going and how many different events are we hosting? Are we doing a welcome party? Is it a ceremony flowing into a cocktail dinner reception? Have a good understanding of your outline of events because Before you book a venue, that's one of the first questions they're going to ask you. Who's all coming and how many events are we hosting? We always say, how many times are we feeding people? (laughs) Because that really makes a big difference in terms of the budget. Um, You know, ultimately, that's going to help us to determine what venue space is right for you. And also, you know, with venue, we always talk about, you know, do we want to host everything at one property? I mean, maybe you guys can share a little bit of your insight on what are the pros and cons between hosting an event at one singular space as opposed to multiple locations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, if you're going to be at one space for all your events, like most likely everyone's going to be staying on property. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have like your home base. It's like 
you're hosting everything there. So everyone's there Mm -hmm. like in between events, you're kind of, you can go back to your room if you're at a resort, um, and just can kind of like relax and you're not kind of stressed about like getting to and from different places. So, right. I mean, that's definitely a a pro I would say. Yeah. I (laughs) I think everyone's kind of under the impression that sometimes if you were to host your ceremony or reception and offsite property, that's going to be a little bit more cost effective. But I think, at the end of the day, it ends up being the same, if not more, because you have to get into transportation mm-hmm. and making mm-hmm. sure your guests are all getting where they need to be and all of that can get pretty expensive. So I think that overall, it mm-hmm. is ne- not necessarily a cost saver for um, for your event if you yeah. want to host an offsite. Yeah. Right. I feel like it's so funny because... I feel like Whitney and Abby have been trained to like always think about the budget. Like we, <laughs> we, we are like <laughs> budget programmed at this point. Yes. I, think. I feel like it's so funny because I always tell any, even any typical client that comes to our office, even someone who's even just inquiring with us, like we always start with budget mm-hmm. because I feel like the budget ultimately does dictate the venues that we as planners would recommend, mm-hmm. certainly the guest count is a, is a play off of that. And I think when you start to play around with multiple locations, like planners, I, I mean, I don't want to speak for everyone, so I'll just speak for our office. <laughs> the shuttles, <laughs> planning a shuttle schedule to go to different spaces and then having your guests who you already know are notoriously late. Mm -hmm. You have to sort of plan this thing to make sense and not be almost like a nuisance Mm -hmm. because we're all about creating a guest experience. And I know the South Asian market like is hospitality. Mm -hmm. So when they think about hosting an event, it's very important that the guest experience is number one. And so we don't want guests to feel inconvenienced, let's say. So I think shuttles can be one of those things that it's it's a great experience. You get to see other locations. Yeah. Um, but you just need to make sure that it's within a certain mile radius of the host property. Are you running shuttles on rotation? Mm-hmm. So that's really a big part of that where you're going to host this thing. And then that's ultimately going to help tie into budget, which we love budgets. We love Excel spreadsheets in our office. So we're definitely going to have an episode or two or three that's dedicated to like mapping those expenses out Mm -hmm. because ultimately we love to plan great occasions, but we also like to plan them of being respectful of everyone's bottom line. Mm -hmm. So, and I think one of the things that we prompt a lot in our podcast is we say, you know, beyond vows and veils, a luxury wedding experience. Well, I think luxury is very subjective. And for me, it's very important that luxury is always very approachable mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, we want to craft and curate an experience that nobody feels out of place, mm-hmm. but everybody th- is thought of. And I think that's really part of picking the right spot, inviting the right people, because you want to be able to, you know, scale your event with whatever confines that there are. Um, and so I think outside of that, one of the things I do want to talk a little bit about is transitioning to maybe that next part of probably the second series of our podcast, which is going to be budget. So what do you think are some of the key things that you should consider in your budget. So like for onboarding, for example, I feel like my girls know this really well. Um, 
you know, the venue and the food and the beverage components of your budget are going to be essentially the most critical components. So, I mean, outside of that, what are all the other variables of consideration when you're like thinking about budget? Yeah. So I think out of, outside of, um, food and beverage Mm -hmm. and venue charges, obviously, um, the biggest one is vendors mm-hmm. that we go through because, you know, with South Asian weddings specifically, I feel like we're working with upwards of like 20 vendors at a time. So we take the time to go through, you know, each potential vendor that we could hire for your event. And every single client is different with mm-hmm. who they want to hire, you know. So mm-hmm. I think it's important to go through all of those details up front because that, I mean, it does add up once mm-hmm. you, you know, kind of go through it all and yeah. So I think that vendors is a huge part of your, of your budget as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think miscellaneous charges too. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause you got to think like for an event, like what other items are you potentially bringing in? So it's like, you're going to have other purchases. So, you know, stationary is one that we kind of go through with clients. Um, sometimes that, you know, that comes along later in planning, but just talk about it, talking about it up front. Um, stationary, mm-hmm. I mean, power, most likely every venue. Did you guys know that you have to pay for power? <laughs> you have to pay your for venue. power. Nobody knows. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> I think that at this point, we have pretty much detailed out like the budget Excel, like as much as it can get. Like, I think that right. every, like everything yeah. that you can think of, that's going to be an expense at your wedding. Like we have on this Excel sheet and we go through it like, and that like initial budget conversation. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, we just, I think our biggest thing is we don't want there to be like any surprises at the end of the day. Like, like they're, t- they were talking about with the power charges. Like mm-hmm. that's something we had to add on to our budget because it's, it's yeah. not necessarily something that every wedding, you know, mm-hmm. we have to get charged for, mm-hmm. but you know, if there is a significant charge, because it can be thousands of dollars sometimes. So right. we just want to make sure that we allocate costs for that as well. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that can totally be dependent on the production you're putting on too. Because, you know, if we're bringing in a DJ, right. that's a different story if we're having like a live band mm-hmm. or the amount of lighting that you want at your event. So I mm-hmm. think that conversation also is a big part of budget. Mm-hmm. So kind of thinking on those items Mm -hmm. prior to putting that together Mm -hmm. will give you a much better sense of like, okay, what is our, like, what's our all in number or cost for, for these events. Right. So, and I think that we've sort of touched on the most uncomfortable parts of planning at the beginning (laughs) episode, which is figuring out, you know, your guest list, having those sort of hard conversations of, are we going to invite 600 of our nearest and dearest, or are we going to scale that back a little Mm -hmm. bit? Like what is feasible? Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, I think that the, the other uncomfortable, but necessary conversation to have is to manage expectations when it comes to how much you want to invest into the weekend, right? Because I always tell my clients, like, even if you don't know what your budget is going into the experience, you soon will. Mm -hmm. You soon will know. Because when we price everything out and we sort of present it, it becomes one of those things that we have to, um, you know, have a come to Jesus 
talk about it, scale it back a little bit, or talk about what's important to the couple, right? Because ultimately, it really doesn't matter what your budget is, even if sky's the limit. At the end of the day, there's always some sort of a comfort zone that we want to be respectful of and and be in alignment with. And so I think that's really important to help shape the grand plan. Mm -hmm. So Thank you for listening, guys. This is so new for us, and we're totally open to like feedback and support. But our next episode is definitely going to be diving into the nitty gritty, the Excel spreadsheets, the stuff that we love. And I hope that that's going to really support couples as they start this process to do things in an order that makes sense. Because just like building a house, you need a solid foundation. We need to make sure that everything's laid out really correctly before we start putting walls up, before we start putting decor in. Because ultimately, we want to make sure that when you go into that next phase of planning, that you're doing it with a lot of knowledge and you know kind of where you need to be in each of your categories and how that makes sense. So thank you again for joining us on Beyond Vows and Veils. I am Brittany. This is my team and we're here for you. Thank you so much. Bye.